0: Hey everybody! Welcome to Coffee Connections. My name is Seth Weiner, and I am your rockshiner taking a break from swimming in the pool to broadcast with you all today. It's summertime. I mean, I, I absolutely love swimming, and you know, here's the secret: I live in an apartment complex, and if I go swimming in the afternoon. Yeah, i get the pool to myself for the most part sometimes the kids are in there but they move out of the way for my laps Anyway, any rate we're not here to talk about my swimming although i could talk about swimming all day long i even have blue on today just because of the ocean well the pool pool more than the ocean we don't have oceans here in atlanta but you know what we have we have trees and we've got lots of trees thanks to our guests today uh folks we've got mike uh, Vince Acura here, uh, the business development manager. Uh, and, and Mike's, he's charged with developing. Strategic partnerships and funding relationships with corporations and local governments to support Trees Atlanta's work in protecting and restoring Atlanta's tree canopy. And oh God, I love the canopies here. If you know, if you know, if you don't live in Atlanta, you don't know. Uh, but when you come here, I mean, you drive, you get, we get this wonderful canopy shade through so many neighborhoods. Uh, it's the greenest place on Earth, I think. Well, other than like a rainforest, but um, all right, we'll get there. Uh, Mike works in close collaboration with the uh, co-executive directors, the director of development, the marketing team, and program leads in an effort to leverage the staff's ex- expertise in ur- urban forestry restoration and maintenance. He is the primary point of contact for their existing municipal partners uh, with the goal of uh, maintaining and growing planting and maintenance contracts, uh, as well as uh, developing new um, relationships as the organization expands the uh, neighborhoods where they work, all through the metro Atlanta. Um, I mean, their work, you you can't, you don't see a tree probably that they haven't had a planting involvement with. I mean, it's amazing. So let's jump right into it. I'm going to bring Mike in uh, here in just a second. Let's get all of our stuff and boom, like that. Mike, how are you?
1: Seth, I'm fantastic. If I didn't know any better, I'd think that you might sell nonprofits for a living. That was a better introduction I could have given myself. Thank you for that.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, uh, listen, when it, comes to, when it comes to trees and planting and all this sort of stuff, I think of the coffee tree. Are you, are you a coffee drinker? I am
1: a coffee drinker. I love
0: coffee. Yeah, okay. Well, do you, ha- do you have a coffee mug? Uh,
1: I've got one here. It's a special mug. I just got it from my wife for her birthday. Maybe I can hold it up here for you Oh, yeah. Here,
0: hold it steady. What's this? Shut up and let me practice my people skills. Oh, that's perfect.
1: It's, it's perfect for someone in business development, right? You know, it's <laughs>
0: Absolutely. All right. What? coffee? You? You drink coffee daily?
1: Yes. Although I, I found I have to, you know, water it down with a little decaf from time to time, or else I, you know, it's a little too much for my mind. But yeah, we love dark roast around here.
0: And yeah. Are you more of a home drinker or a uh, coffee shop drinker?
1: We are definitely a grind at home and put in our own filtered water, and you know, we're kind of we're the, the at home coffee snobs. So we we enjoy a cup of coffee th-
0: throughout the week. Uh, now you you mentioned uh, grinding your own coffee. Are you also uh, more of a French press, or are you doing the traditional drip?
1: We're a little lazy. We do have a an old fashioned espresso machine that I do utilize from time to time, but we we do the old we do the drip more often
0: than not. Uh huh. Well, you, you you express yourself enough without the espresso, right? That's right. Um, all right. Well, hey, let's jump into talking about trees. I'm going to hand the uh, mic over to you, Mike, <laughs> and uh, tell everyone, maybe many folks don't know Trees Atlanta. Tell everyone about Trees Atlanta.
1: Yeah, so thank you very much. We've been around since 1985. Uh, Marsha Bansley uh, founded our organization along with uh, the Junior League and Central Atlanta Progress uh, in the state of Atlanta as a partnership because there we're essentially no trees downtown. Um, back in the mid-'80s, there's been a lot of development, and so uh, the preponderance of downtown was asphalt and concrete and buildings. So, that first year we planted 40 trees. Uh, we have since grown significantly thanks to our volunteers and, and uh, generous donors. But we're now planting about 7,000 trees per year. And the thing that's really changed is where we plant those trees. So, back in the day, you know, again we were focused in downtown, but we plant now all over the city of Atlanta. And one of my uh, one of my jobs was to try to form more formal partnerships with a lot of the other municipalities and, uh, I'm sorry, counties around Metro Atlanta. So we're now working with 12 different uh, metropolitan uh, areas in Atlanta. It really goes all the way around to I-285. And in many cases, we're going beyond. We've planted as far away as Commerce, uh, Alpharetta. Uh, we're talking to the folks down in New Haven. they lost a lot of trees uh, owing to the tornadoes uh, several months back. So um, our geography has, has definitely expanded and something that we hope under a controlled uh, format we can continue to do because uh, not only does urban atlanta need trees but beyond uh, many of the suburbs uh could use some trees in their um you know villages and so forth as well um beyond that one of the big things that we've gotten um we, we've had success with is, is the volunteering that has been the key to trees atlanta's growth over the last 36 years now because we have a limited staff. We've got about 45 staff members throughout the year and that actually swells in the summer to as many as 80 because of all the maintenance we have to do. But the trees, 7,000 trees can't plant themselves. And so we've got a a myriad of dedicated volunteers who work with us regularly throughout the year. And then also many corporations, many uh, local communities will come out and support a planting in their own uh, backyard. And so those are, um, you know, we had the last full year we had before COVID, we had 36,000 volunteer hours uh donated to trees atlanta which and you know, when you put those uh, numbers on that it sits near a million dollars in, in terms of value but beyond that it's the community it's the fact that people are investing in their own backyard and they're going to keep an eye on those trees as they grow to make sure that um, they're not being taken out for the wrong reasons
0: that's fantastic wow yeah that's a lot of uh, a it's a lot of man hours for sure yeah. um all right so there were I mean, when I look at Atlanta, I see trees everywhere. and I mean, we live in these forests. It's amazing, the amount of birds and the wildlife and everything. But, I mean, it's just, it's really one of my favorite parts. I mean, where I sit here, I live in a, in Toco Hills. And I look out of my window, and there's trees everywhere. My house in Decatur, when I lived there, there was trees everywhere. Now, a lot of those trees were a little older. Uh, a lot of them were like the pine trees that uh, are really, really tall and skinny. And when the wind comes in, you know, they are flying all over the place, and, And then occasionally they fall onto the house. (laughs) So so yeah, so like when it comes to the trees that you're planting, what kind of trees are you primarily planting these days?
1: Well, it's a variety because trees, different trees grow in different types of environments. So our favorite trees to plant would be the native oaks, the the live oaks, well not live oaks up here, but the white oaks, the red oaks, willow oaks, there's a whole bunch of oaks that uh, do well in this climate when they have enough space to grow. We love to plant tulip poplars we'll plant bald cypress uh different varieties of maple so the large canopy trees are what are, are the trees that provide the most environmental benefit they provide the most wildlife habitat the most shade for our sidewalks uh absorb the most storm water and so those those are our preferences now but when you get in tough situations or, or you're planting along the uh the sidewalks like we often have to do in the city uh, you may only have three feet to plant so we do plant a lot of crape myrtles it's not a native tree but it is a very hardy tree. It's not an invasive tree. It doesn't reproduce and take over native forests like many invasive plants do, um, but it's very hardy and, and frankly, they're beautiful uh, throughout the year. Uh, we'll plant red buds, which are also a beautiful street tree. Um, and so there's a, there's a variety. We will plant pines occasionally, but the majority of what we're planting is more hardwoods and uh, planting trees that are really native to the, uh, the Piedmont area of the state. But you mentioned uh, Toco Hills. One of my kids' favorite parks is Mason Mill. Oh,
0: I love Mason Mill. They have that's why I, that's my running spot. If you ever yeah. you ever see me see a guy going kind of fast but slow, that's me. Well, it's, it's a beautiful park
1: um, and one that they've put a lot of work into. And we're actually talking to, them, to DeKalb County about potentially doing some invasive work there. That's one of the programs I didn't mention that's that's been growing for us, but um, because of need, um, when you see English ivy and kudzu and right. growing up trees, and, and that's there are places in Mason Mill that are like that. Uh, that needs to be removed because what's happening and a lot of people don't realize this is those vines can be beautiful uh, particularly wisteria in the late spring when it gets the beautiful purple flowers but what it's doing is stealing all the nutrients from the trees they're climbing up the trunk Um, they will cover up the leaves of the trees and steal the sunlight which of course is critical for trees to grow and thrive and so what we do uh, our teams go in and many times with the help of volunteers we start to pull those vines back um, mm-hmm. We will apply some or herbicides, I'm sorry, as needed, but the majority of the work we do is by hand, um, and we try to return those forests to a native state. So Mason Mill is one that, when you drive, when you I, I ride, ride through it on my bike with my kids, when we go through there, you appreciate nature, but my eyes are seeing the things that are wrong, whereas most people see all the things that are right about that part, which is this beautiful open space that people can recreate, so we're trying uh-huh. to make it a little bit better even than it is today.
0: Well, that's the thing about Atlanta. One of one of the main things I love about Atlanta, especially these parts we're mentioning, it's it's so well to me. It's like manicured, you know. It's like so well kept and and thought out. The thought out is really the way. I mean, we have we have our um, we've got a lot of the creek systems and all that, but around it all. It's just well manicured. And, and so to my eye, I'm looking and seeing how beautiful things are and how pe- how thought out it is. And, you you know, you, you talked about there was no trees in downtown, and now there are. And, I mean, it takes many years for them to grow. But as they grow, you, you notice this. and It's like, wow, like it's really, really well kept and really thought out.
1: Yeah, I think that's very true. There are a lot of tree lovers here in town who appreciate all the value that we get from having trees in our communities. And downtown in particular – is an area that we're working closely with our longtime partners at Central Atlanta Progress to add at least 8,000 trees to downtown as part of their new master plan over the next 10 years. Now that's not going to be an easy task because it's going to involve a lot of concrete cutouts, but when you look at it, um, you have to invest because what's going to happen if you invest today, five and 10 and 15 years down the road, if you take care of the trees, that's where you really start to get the benefits of the cooling effect because Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but when I walk through Midtown or downtown and there's a stretch maybe where there aren't very many trees and you hit the trees, the difference is noticeable. Oh Um, yeah. You're talking about
0: 10 degrees. Easy.
1: That's right. And so the more comfortable we can make people in terms of walking places, downtown to Midtown, the more we can reduce our pollution because you're not going to have as many cars on the road, the more Mm -hmm. those retailers and restaurants are going to be frequented because people can get out and they're going to enjoy it and, and, um, you know, walk and find new places to go. And uh, so there's a lot of economics that are involved in tree planting and Central Atlanta Progress sees both the environmental and economic benefits. And it's one of the reasons why they've been a great partner of ours for so many
0: years. that's that's great because I was gonna say it must be challenging at times to work with the city is to get them to to move their budget to feel that this is the priority. It doesn't it could easily be put aside like who needs trees well the reality is you just said it's like well okay I hear you however if that restaurant's going to be successful to have that outdoor patio if there's trees there you know if you're building this complex here and you don't plant trees here that are going to grow and give shade that restaurant's never going to last that property will never last and you got to think about that
1: that's true and you mentioned City of Atlanta they're also a partner of ours again they were part of our founding group back in 1985 And they have been one of our biggest supporters uh, through what's known as the tree trust fund. Uh, And what that is, is when someone takes a tree out, if it is not dead, dying, or hazardous, um, they will have to pay a permit fee to take the tree out. Well, those uh, funds or those, those fees go into a fund that can then be um, Built out by the city in, in contracts uh, for folks like us and, and other landscape uh, providers as well to go out and replant trees throughout the city. So mm-hmm. the city has done a, a good job over many years taking those funds and reinvesting because they see the value in uh, in the tree canopy. Now, we can make the tree ordinance better, and we could talk about that if you want. That's something we're working on very hard along with the city. But um, you know, at least the city does see the value of the trees and, and, and knows that that's a, a calling card for, for Atlanta.
0: And replenishing trees, you know, folks that have lost trees and whatnot in their front yard, and you know, which, no, which a lot of it, correct me if I'm wrong, um, when there's a drought 10 years ago, that can affect trees today and why we, you know, we see these waverings happen.
1: That's absolutely true. Um, We've had several droughts. I, I moved here in 2002. We've had a couple different droughts over time and you don't see the effect of those droughts the year it happens. You see that effect exactly what you said five and six years down the road, because the tree started to die and was really struggling to survive when it had no water. And eventually those trees become weak, but you may not know it. And so a homeowner may have a tree in a yard that that looks healthy, but when you start to see those sprigs of dead uh, branches, that's when you have to have an arborist come out and take a look at the tree, because it may be nothing, but you'd much rather be safe than sorry because um, what we, what we uh, hate to see, is when trees fall and, and destroy property. Sometimes they, uh, people get hurt because of falling trees. Thankfully, it's very, very rare. But when property gets damaged, people have a bad taste in their mouth about what that tree represented when it was in their yard or on the street next to their house. Oh, yeah. And so If you if you take care of trees by having an arborist, look at them and trim if need be. Or in, in some cases, it is necessary to take trees out. You can save a lot of that heartache, get the tree out for mm-hmm. a new tree and let it start growing again and providing the benefits for your
0: yeah and just working with your neighbors to uh to not pass the buck but to you know share the buck you know because the property lines and that's your tree and oh god it gets so crazy with insurance and everything else so uh, a lot of a lot of ways to deal with that on the forefront when you see see a problem deal with it instead of waiting till it drops
1: it is true i mean they're they're trees are so something you can ignore until it's time to uh, look up and you, you start to realize maybe it's uh something needs to be done about it. But I'm I'm just holding arbors today from my yard. I'm I'm happy to say I've got a lot of trees around my house. And if you take care of the trees, they will definitely take care of you.
0: And you all, if in replenishing trees to where I was going to is, uh, doesn't trees Atlanta also do like a, like I could have swore there's like a dogwood tree, you know, a program where you can you can pick up the tree and plant it or something like that. So we have, we have native tree sales.
1: Um, Maybe confusing us with the Dogwood Festival with our. No, no,
0: not festival. that. No, no, no. It's Trees Atlanta. I remember that. So,
1: so we have, um, we do give away trees oftentimes with our municipal partners who are looking for ways to productively spend uh, funds they have in a, in a, a tree bank. Um, but beyond that, our native tree uh, tree and plant sales, we have um, one plant sale and two, uh, I'm sorry, one tree sale and two plant sales per year. Oftentimes we have them at the Carter Center, which is a oh, okay for a lot of people come to. Oh, yeah. We will bring in native uh, plants and vines that people have trouble finding elsewhere. And there are a number of other organizations around town. The Botanical Garden does a great job with this where they'll have uh, plant sales that people can come in. And you don't necessarily have to go to a big box store. You can find stuff um, that you won't find elsewhere. And so that's, it's a fundraiser for us, but it's also a great chance for people to come in and talk to both our arborists as well as arborists that are volunteering with us on that day. Learn about what may be a great choice for your yard, what may generate more uh, pollinator-friendly uh, environment, and so um, they're, they're
0: great community events. They raise money for us, and they also raise awareness about the importance of trees. Yeah, and you uh, definitely have a very busy busy calendar. Um, when when the pandemic hit, did that give you a chance to kind of catch up on things, or because people were going outdoors more? Was well, what, yeah, talk a little bit about um, the last year for you all.
1: That's an interesting question because for us i mentioned the, the importance of volunteers well a lot of people didn't want to volunteer a lot of people couldn't volunteer because right. of health concerns and so we had to under uh, the leadership of a volunteer director reinvent ourselves in terms of what is a safe outdoor project. So fortunately, our projects are outdoors so that is a big bonus in terms of uh, what the cdc had always recommended which is outdoor activities and what are, are safer so we required masks We did social distancing. We asked people to only plant trees with those that they came with, maybe they live with. Um, We sanitized all our tools between um, events, trying to do everything we could to make it as safe as possible. And what we found happened, we still had volunteerism drop dramatically. The biggest piece of that was corporate groups. So for instance, Home Depot has been a longtime partner of ours and they may send out five, six, seven corporate groups per year, 20, 30 people that will come out and plant with us. Fantastic partner they were not able and willing to do that during the last year because they don't want to take the liability if they're not asking their employees to come into the office to work they don't want to ask their employees to come to a central location to do volunteer work either so it makes perfect sense and 99 of the companies that we work with were in that exact same boat what we started to see is that well first of all last year what we ended up seeing was that a lot of our dedicated volunteers volunteered more those that were comfortable doing what we, what we do outdoors, those that had great experience, we saw a big uptick in say the top two or 300 volunteers that work with our organization and they helped to make it happen. But then what we've seen in the last few months is companies starting to you know, inch their way back in, bringing out 10 or 15 people. Some people bring a little bit more than that, but knowing that we're gonna be masked, we're gonna be separated, we're outside and getting more comfortable with the fact that a lot of their folks are now vaccinated And it's really starting to open the door for us to not be so stressed about if we're going to have the manpower to put all the trees. And I'm happy to say we had a goal of about seven thousand trees last year. Our planting team, miraculously, along with our forest restoration team, planted about seven thousand trees. So, but not without a lot of investment
0: by uh, a lot of volunteers. If you're, if someone's got a group, maybe a school group or church group temple group something like that or just a, you know a networking group whatever group they're in they can go to trees atlanta.org and, and uh and connect with you to uh to do something or would they just go to the calendar and, and sign up yeah they can do a lot of variety of things
1: so uh, there are descriptions of all the upcoming projects usually um we have it out there for about the next 30 to 60 days that's how long the window is and thank you for pulling that up but if you scroll down It's not only our volunteer projects that are out there, but also our education events. Maybe you want to take a walking tour of the east or west side Beltline where we've done a ton of uh, planting and and maintenance work. Maybe you want to find out about a speaker series we have coming up. Um, So there's all kinds of events we have going on, and it's pretty much every week of the year. Yeah, it looks
0: almost like every day. (laughs) You're busy. Yeah, um, we've got um, you know got bike tours. You want to learn how to prune? That's one of the things we, we have pruning classes. 101, 102, and 103, you can become an expert pruner. And uh,
1: huh. pruning is one of the things people forget about with their trees. With young trees, if you prune them early and you prune them correctly, you'll get a much stronger tree, one that's gonna tend to be much healthier as it grows. And so you can learn how to do all that through uh, through these classes. They have been virtual. I believe we're starting to move now into to put mm-hmm. those back in uh, Inverse, which of course
0: is much more interactive. And, and how? And with the Beltline itself, um, how involved are you, were you all in the, or are you involved with the Beltline and the tree planting there? Yeah, another great partner of ours. So we've been involved.
1: Uh, Greg Levine, one of our co-executive directors, kind of envisioned a linear arboretum um, along the Beltline back when Ryan Gravel was, you know, really starting to talk up um, the, the whole project maybe 10, 12 years ago. And so we have planted. The majority, not all, but the majority of the trees and a lot of the native grasses and wildflowers and shrubs that you see along the east and west side belt lines. Uh, we will plant uh, in the coming year, the South Side Trail is going to be built out. And I talked to our planning director this morning. We estimate we'll put about 1,500 trees uh, on the South Side Trail over the course of the next two years or so uh, in conjunction with the Atlanta Beltline. So um, it's a great chance for us to bring nature into the city. So many people use the Beltline, particularly on the east side. But as we connect the east and west sides, I think we are going to see uh, much more volume across the, the whole trail. But Very much Bring the city to, to people, their signage. They can learn about some of the plants that are along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and frankly, if you've been on the west side Beltline, it is absolutely gorgeous right now. It's a little bit different in terms of the, the aesthetic versus
0: the east side, but it's quieter. And the, the planting over there is just beautifully really filled oh, up, obviously. I was at Monday Night Brewery over... Is it Monday night? Yeah, Monday... Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was... And I was looking out there. And I was like... I was thinking about that. I was like, man, I got to go and run on that side. Because the other side, down in Pipe Ponds and everything, it's just... I mean, you're not running. It's just... Well,
1: it's an obstacle course. You know, it's a little bit of everything, I think. Yeah,
0: very much so. But well, that's great, though. I mean, it's, it's a fantastic thing to have an outdoor tourist and you know, gathering spot like that. But I kind of think it's really interesting when you look and you, and you think about the trees and you once, once it's all connected, you'll be able to see by the, the size of the trees and the canopy covering what, you know, because yeah. it might look like it's all, you know, been there forever at that point, but like, no, you can, you'll be able to see the aging of it.
1: And that's true. And now one of the interesting things about it is when it's completed. And again, this may take another eight to 10 years. I'm not sure. We believe it will be the longest linear arboretum in the entire world. About Oh, wow. So, Hopefully, you know, when that happens, we'll, we'll call up the Guinness Book and see if they can come out and certify us <laughs> as So that'd be a nice calling card for Atlanta along with so many other things.
0: Yeah, and I mean, all these trees, that's a lot of green, but it takes a lot of green <laughs> to make that green happen. Where do you get your money?
1: Yeah, so we're very fortunate. Um it, the predecessors to me and the folks that work here now have done such a great job uh, working with the community and, and developed a great reputation that we've got a variety of, of funding sources, so we work with uh, many of the foundations here in town, many of the uh, national foundations as well, as well that are big supporters. Corporate America in Atlanta has been growing by leaps and bounds. A lot of uh, folks hiring, and a lot of those companies wanted to get out and do outdoor projects, so uh, many of us have become our partners, some of the longest term ones. Uh, the home depot kaiser permanente uh, mercedes-benz usa has been a great one over the last six or seven years And so um that that is a big source of funding for us uh, you know um, maybe our audience doesn't know we just completed our uh, root 2021 which is our annual fundraising event our first virtual rootball caused a little bit of uh, stress on the part of the staff trying to pull this off for the first time but that was back uh, may
0: 27th and it went very very well i raised about 175 thousand dollars. oh wow for our programs. So again, corporate sponsors and
1: a lot of individuals uh, stepped up and um, supported that. And then beyond that, we have, we've been setting new records for the last few years in our individual giving, because I think what people have seen, uh, we've always had great support from, from individual uh, donors and homeowners around the, the city. But what we've seen is that, you know, with all the activity, with all the trees that are actually coming out for new development around Atlanta, I think it's spurred some additional um, concern on behalf of, uh, on behalf of the, the, the residents and citizens, so uh, they've been stepping up to assist us. So it's it's been across the board. Uh, we're in the process right now of uh, our it's now the 2020 capital campaign. Even though we're almost halfway through 2021, but uh, we're raising funds to build and open our new headquarters. huh. Be over in the open city of Dare Park, part of town on the west side, not far from our operations center right now, over near Murphy's Crossing. Very close to the West Side Beltline, but we hope to be in that probably around mid-year 2022, and so we will be uh, moving out of our current location in Reynolds Town uh, around October, November of this year. Be what I'd call without a home for maybe eight months or so. Yeah. But because we've been working virtually so much, we think we'll find a way to uh, to make it work.
0: You'll have but you'll be something. working out of a treehouse somewhere. <laughs>
1: Well, it's interesting. We closed our treehouse last year. It was over there on Crock Street, where which was our education facility. We ended up because the, the lease ran out, but it was called the treehouse, and we're, we're debating creative
0: names for the new headquarters. So maybe we'll borrow the one you just mentioned. Uh-huh. Now, what about you? You currently have an event space that you rent out for weddings. I believe bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, I don't know.
1: We do. We have a couple of bat mitzvahs coming up in October before we shut things down. So absolutely. Um, it's a pretty unique space. We just had a wedding there this this weekend, which was the first one we've had since since COVID hit. Um, things went well, but uh, yeah, if, if you're looking for a unique space, it could be for a small corporate outing, could be for uh, a birthday party, could be for a wedding, whatever it might be, engagement party. Uh, we can hold about 125 people um, seated, or about 200 in terms of um, mm-hmm. kind of. What's the word I'm looking for?
0: Just the cocktail style. Yeah,
1: so, um, it, is, it is available for the next few months. Um, and we have a lot of outdoor space here as well, which allows people to spread out if they, if
0: they need to. And as you move into this new dev- uh, this new home base, will there be another event space or or is that there will be. We're moving into
1: a place uh, formerly known as the bakery. It's about a three acre site on the west side. Right now, it's basically a large building. Um, with a lot of concrete and a few trees along the edges. Um, when it's all said and done, as you might guess, uh, it will be a green oasis. There will be a parking lot. There will be a building. Those are requirements for us. But we will have um, about three acres of space. It's going We're going to add about 300 trees to the landscape, so it's going to be transformed, and that will take a while for the trees to grow. But we will have a great event space there with a lot of outdoor space. Oh, nice. We'll bring folks in, and it'll be a about a five or 10 minute walk to the Beltline itself. So pretty close. Oh, that's perfect.
0: Well, folks, you know, those listening, those watching treesalana.org where, you know, they met, he, you know, he mentioned very clearly that the place that the, the property used to be, the bakery. Well, the bakery t- had a lot of dough and it takes a lot of dough to make the move. So make a donation, Um, It's money well spent because it's, you know, you're, if, especially if you have kids, you want them to, you want a green Atlanta. And also not only a green Atlanta, you know, one thing we didn't even really touch on too much is it's not just the canopy. It's not just the shade. It's the clean air. And as we get more closer and closer to you know, electric, more electric cars. I mean, Atlanta is a very progressive city. I mean, how many Teslas are you seeing out there now? It's amazing the, how quickly the transition is happening. So, I imagine that, especially with corporate America, if these the uh, um, corporation wants to get involved in, it's not just planting the trees because it's a good thing to do for canopy or a good way to connect your your uh, your team, you know, your team building, but also to breathe clean air. Yeah, more and more companies are, are really uh,
1: pushing on environmental uh, programs uh, they see the benefit from reducing their carbon footprint they see the benefit from investing in the communities where their employees live and play and so uh, we're seeing more, more and more of the environmental social uh, govern, uh, governance type of uh, action on the part of, of these corporations and so and, and the beauty is the companies that are moving into town uh, and adding employees like the microsoft's the starbucks some of these West Coast companies, um, Google, for instance, already have that as part of their ethos for being on the West Coast and investing a lot in the environment. So uh, it's kind of also pushing and putting a spark uh, underneath a lot of the companies that have been here for a long time as well. So it's it's good news. Uh, the companies see the the benefits of it for both themselves, and their reputations, but also the people who live here and their and their uh, employees.
0: so it's it's a win-win. That's fantastic. Uh, and again, go to uh for more information or get involved. Uh, Mike, uh, is there anything that we that we maybe didn't cover you wanted to bring back up? Um,
1: yeah, the one, thing, one new program we've got out there that I think is pretty innovative. We started something along with our partners at uh, Georgia Power and the Georgia Association of Conservation Districts um, to install uh, green infrastructure on residential lots. So we've gotten grants from the two organizations. And by the end of 2022, we expect to have uh, installed these these green infrastructure um, projects on about 44, 45 properties. What it is is rain gardens, it's cisterns, it's dry wells. It's basically um, kind of the green infrastructure being scientific gardens, ways to capture rainwater before it rolls off a property, because these are neighborhoods that Hmm. have flooding issues. And so the water rolls off one property and ends up rolling down the hill into another property, picks up pollutants on the way, Um, It doesn't have a chance to filter out those pollutants. So what we're working with is is, um, these individual properties where we can um, install stone gardens, native grasses, trees, shrubs, and all these um, components, filter the water, hold it temporarily while the storm is happening so that we don't overwhelm our sewage treatment facilities and end up with sewage spills. Um, And this this is a test project right now, but things have been going very well. And I think it's something that you're going to see more and more of over the next uh, three to five years, because it's it's starting, I think it's going to have the effect of, um, you know, improving the environment for a lot of folks who are in areas of town that really haven't uh, seen
0: the investment that they need. That's awesome. I mean, listen, if we learned anything from the uh, what was it orange tide or yellow tide or whatever it was up in, in, in uh, the West coast of Florida, you know, that the runoff of, uh you know, all the, if you're killing your, if you're killing the, um, uh, poison ivy with one chemical and then it rains, that's going somewhere, you know, it's going somewhere You know, drinking water down to, and like you said, put, you know, might make your property look great, but <laughs> let's just look where the water's going. It's, uh, it, it is. See.
1: The nice thing about these projects are they actually beautify the property that they're on as well. So you get all these environmental benefits, but when you look at them, the, the homeowners that we put them in so far have been thrilled with what they've seen. It just kind of adds something to their, their yard. It's a unique feature. And the nice thing is, then their neighbors ask about it and say, hey, wait, how do I get one of those? So, it's
0: uh, again, it builds off of itself. Yeah, that's great. Um, awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time today. I enjoyed chatting with you and uh, learning more about Trees Atlanta. and I encourage everyone to go to treesalana.org. But before I let you go, I always have my uh, guests recommend a future guest, and I was curious if there was an organization uh, that you'd like to recommend to be on Coffee Connections. Well, so I thought
1: about that, we've got – seven partners who are part of what, what's known as the Atlanta Canopy Alliance, and two of which uh, are, are friends of mine that, that do fantastic work for their organizations. One is Michael Halicki who's with Park Pride. They work with uh, organizations around Atlanta to uh, add park space, to beautify park space, uh, and they do a great job. He's the executive director there and, and a, a fantastic guy. Additionally, Stacey Funderburg, who happens to be one of my neighbors here in the Canada Park area. Is very involved in the community. He works for the Conservation Fund, where he's a regional council for uh, Alabama and Georgia. But what they do is help um, conserve land. And one project they worked on very recently hmm. was a 216-acre parcel that uh, the city of Atlanta purchased in the south side of town that used to be a waste management facility or was going to be, and is now uh, basically a forest that has been untouched for about 50 years. and It's going to become a public uh, public park. So either of those gentlemen, fantastic guys, very knowledgeable. Uh, and I think they can share a lot of great stories with you about the work their organizations are
0: doing. Yeah, well, I'd love to learn more about it. and I appreciate the connections, and uh, uh, I, you may very well see my son and I volunteering at a Trees Atlanta event in the future because uh, that's kind of what we're we're going to be well, doing. If you wear the
1: coat, oh, so. uh, you can take it off once you start, but we got to know it's you.
0: <laughs> well, maybe I'll wear a green one. I- <laughs> I'll have to I'll have to find a good tree color one. Um all right. Well thank thanks again. Uh folks go to treesatlanta.org. And on Thursday, June seventeenth, we're gonna be uh visited with Erica Greenblatt with ADL Southern Division. Uh and then uh the next uh closing out June, we've got open hands Atlanta as well as Camp Twin Lakes as guests. So all coffee connections uh, past and future can be seen at coffeeconnections.live. All right. Thanks again, Mike. Everyone have a great day.